So let's get into the Word of God today. You have heard uh, Pastor Jared talked about the card, and uh, I've got some great quotes today. And I know God's going to give me some stuff, and then I know I'm probably going to give me some stuff. Anyway, uh, we're going to share with you four more habits. Last week we talked about four habits to get your financial house in order. We're going to talk about four more today. If I want to be healthy physically, i got to change my habits. If I want a healthy marriage, I have to change my habits. I have to develop some new habits. If I want to be financially fit, if I want to get out of debt, if I want to get my financial house in order, which is the will of God for me. It is the will of God for me to have my financial house in order. And so if I'm going to do that, I've got to look at what I'm doing wrong. I've got to change my habits. We're studying God's Word to find out what God says about money and how, to, how we're to manage it, how we're to be good stewards of what he's put in our hands. And we're praying for you, and we're asking God for miracles. Can I just ask you, and I'm not trying to embarrass you, maybe you know somebody, maybe it's not you, it's in your family, a friend, you know somebody, maybe it is you who needs a financial miracle in their life today. Just raise your hand and let God see that you know somebody like that, or maybe it's you who needs a financial miracle. We're praying for that, but we also understand that God will not do a miracle in our lives if we're not going to act our wage, if we're not going to obey him, if we're not going to change our attitudes to match his, change our actions to match the teaching of his word, change our habits to coincide with scripture, change our behaviors. These things that got us in the financial pit and mess that we're in, we didn't intend it. I don't know of anybody who's in a financial mess who set out to do that, but God wants to deliver you from that. And there are two things, two primary things that are going to make that happen in your life. Number one, you're going to discover what God says and you're going to start obeying what the Bible says. And number two, when God sees that, Not only is it just you learning the principles of how to manage and how to be good stewards of what God's put in your hand, that's very, very important. That's a primary ingredient. But then when God sees you obeying him, supernatural stuff starts to happen. Supernatural stuff. All of a sudden, you got finances and you don't know where it came from. Remember the little boy with five loaves and two fish we talked about last week? He obeyed, he gave, God took it, blessed it, broke it, blessed it, gave it back to him, 12 basketfuls. One little bag lunch turned into 12 big basketfuls of food. Listen to me, God wants to do that for you. But the reason God was able to do that for that young boy is because he was obedient. Obedient, he was willing to to be generous and give away all that he had. Last week we started talking about these habits and all eight of them are in God's word and they're kind of in order. The first one being the most important, second one being second most important, third and so on. But how many of them are important? All of them are important. So let's go over them very quickly as a review. The Bible teaches that if Pharaoh Hardison is going to get himself financially fit, if Pharaoh Hardison wants the hand of blessing, God's hand of blessing on his finances, He's got to develop these habits. Number one, I've got to remember that God is my source. Number two, I have to make my income honestly. Number three, I have to honor God first. And number four, I have to save 
wisely. If you did not hear that message, you can go online and hear it absolutely free, and then you can catch up with us. So let's go to habit number five. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Habit number five, the Bible teaches that I've got to develop this habit in my life if I want God's hand on my finances. I got to keep good records. Keep good records. Isn't this exciting stuff on a Sunday morning? Financial records. How many of y'all, when you hear the term bookkeeping, budgeting, financial records, you just get all excited? You get all excited about that. We're going to talk about that today. It's very, very important that you know what's going on. This is called the principle of accounting, and you're going to see it in God's Word. Now, we've already been talking about it. We talked about it last week. It was your homework. It's already been mentioned this morning in the skits and the other things we've been doing. But you need to get a little tablet. You need to get a little, a little um, um, spiral notebook. You can tell how old I am, can't you? You need to get one of those little tablets. And every time you spend money, write it down. Because here's what's going to happen. At the end of the day, you're going to go, wow, I had no idea. I had no idea, so you need to write it down. Write down what you spend. Know where it goes. Again, this was your homework last week. If you didn't do it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just make you stay after school. So um, do your homework. Do your homework. You can't say, I want to get my financial house in order, but then not change anything about how you're currently living. So you've got to change some habits. If you don't keep track of your money, it just kind of walks away. Look at Proverbs 21.5. Uh, this is the today's English version. I love this uh, particular version of the scriptures. He says, plan carefully, and you will have how much? Plenty. If you act too quickly, that, that's talking about impulse buying right there. If you act too quickly, you will what? Never have enough. So according to God's word, if you, listen to this. this. Listen now. If you don't have plenty, and when, I'm talk, when I say plenty, I don't mean rich, but you got enough for your needs to be met. If you don't have plenty, then, then God is saying here this means uh, uh, that you're lacking and, and it's your fault. It's because you haven't followed his teaching. You have nobody to blame but yourself. And I know what you're thinking, I know what you're saying, but I had an emergency. We all have emergencies. Here's the deal about emergencies. And Stuff we didn't expect. We have to plan for those. We have to plan for those. The difference between uh, those people who make it through their emergencies and those who don't is that some people actually plan for emergencies they know are a part of life. Emergencies are a part of life. And so we have to plan for them. If you don't plan for emergencies, and we're talking about financial emergencies here, of course, you're going to be devastated by them. You have to know where your money's going. Have you, ever, have you ever gotten to the end of the month and said this? I just don't know where it all goes. You ever said that? I just don't know where it all goes. If you ever say that right there, where did it all go? That's a warning light for you. That's a, that's a womp, 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 you know. Let, let me give you an equation here. Let me give you an equation, I, and this is not in your notes, and you got your notes there. You might want to write this one down. Ignorance of your financial condition 
plus easy credit equals disaster. Ignorance of your financial condition plus living in a world of easy credit. Y'all calm down now. Let me preach. I know y'all just shouting hallelujahs, amens. I'm expecting somebody to stand up and just start dancing in the Lord right now because I know y'all loving this. But ignorance about your financial situation plus easy credit. How many of y'all get, how many of y'all get um, credit card stuff in the mail all the time? All the time. I got to tell y'all something, though. I busted Discover Card recently. I was in Sam's Club. They said, if you will fill out this card and get approved, we'll take $40 off your bill at Sam's Club. I said, I'll do it. So I did it, and when the card comes, I'm just not going to use it. $40 off. I'm like, <laughs> problem is, most of us are like, hey, a new card. I can get stuff. So ignorance of your financial condition plus easy credit equals disaster. You've heard that phrase, money talks, but actually money does not talk. Here's what money does. Money walks. It walks, and it walks away quietly, and it doesn't tell you where it's going. Look at Proverbs 27, 23, and 24. It's in your notes. It's another verse about keeping good records. Look what it says. Riches can disappear fast. Can anybody say amen to that? Riches can disappear fast. And you, some of y'all got some stories to tell right there. And so he says, so what? So watch your business interest. How? Closely. No. Don't, don't be ignorant of, but know the state of your flocks and herds. Now, Back then, they didn't have banks and flocks and herds. And I heard, uh, I heard one preacher teaching about uh, men back in that day who had oxen. It was like owning a Mercedes Benz today. And so the way you would tell whether a person was wealthy or not back then is you would look at their livestock. How much livestock did they have? So Solomon, if he were living today, this is what Solomon said, uh, back then, but if he were living today, here's what he would say. He would say, know your assets. Know your assets. Know your liabilities. Know your investments. Know what your stocks are worth. Know what they're doing. Know where it's going. Know how much interest you're earning on it. If you say, I just don't know where it goes, again, that is a warning light for you. You need to know. Y'all with me out there? You got to know what's going on in your financial life. You know what? Some of y'all might be in the place I used to be in. I didn't want to know. How many of you, when your bank statement comes in, you're like, I don't even want to look at that. Just put that over there somewhere. I'm trusting Jesus. You know, I'm not, not even going to look at my bank account. He'll take care of me. Um, I thought that too, but he doesn't take care of us if we don't obey what he teaches. Here are four things you need to know in order to keep good records. And uh, this is not in your notes, so you're probably going to need to go on the margin. You need to know what you own. You need to know what you owe. You need to know what you earn. And you need to know where it's going. I'm going to give them to you again. You need to know what you own. What do you own? You need to know what you owe. You need to know what you earn. You need to know where it's going. Because if you don't know these four things, you're already in trouble and don't even know it. 
Because if you don't know where it's going, it's going to leave you without telling you. I thought this was funny. Proverbs 23, 5. You see that in your notes? Look what it says in Proverbs 23, 5. It says, your money can be gone in a flash. Amen. As if it had grown wings and flown away like an eagle. That's right there in the Bible. So America, the United States of America has done us a favor to remind us about that. They have put an eagle on a bunch of our money. So they will say to us, it will fly away if you don't know what's going on with it. Let's look at habit number six. Habit number six kind of ties in with habit number five. It's all about planning. It's all about planning. The Bible teaches that the sixth habit I have to develop if I'm going to get myself financially fit is I have to plan my spending. I have to plan my spending. Now, the first one was a little bit different than that. It was just simply knowing what I've got, knowing what I own, knowing what I owe, being aware of my financial situation. Now we want to hone in on knowing what we're spending. That is so big in getting your financial house in order, is knowing what you're spending. Most of us do not plan our spending. Let's be honest. Most of us spend whatever we want to spend, whenever we want to spend it, however we want to spend it. And since we don't plan, much of our spending is impulsive. We buy things on impulse, and that gets us in trouble. Hey, listen, me too. It gets me in trouble. What is planned spending? You're going to get really excited about this. I know you haven't been excited yet, but you're about to get real excited. It's called a budget. A budget. Somebody's like, glory, hallelujah. I was wondering when he's going to get to that. A budget. And I posted on our Bridge Facebook wall yesterday a link where you can get free software and you can get free documents that you can print off and go ahead and start working on your budget. Go ahead and start working on it. Everybody needs a budget because a budget is a plan for how you want to spend your money It's a plan for how you're going to use what God has put in your hands. A budget tells your money where you want it to go rather than wondering where it went. This month, you know, you're saying, I want us to, um, I want this much to go here and I want this much to go here. You know what your money's doing rather than wondering where it went. You know, I thought about this and I thought about Barney Five. Of course, I think about Barney Five all the time. But you know, Barney Fife could have said the best way to get your financial house in order is to nip it in the budget. Amen? (laughs) Nip it in the budget. That's where you get yourself together. Look at Proverbs 21.20. Last part of that verse. Stupid people, which are none of you, but the second service is coming. (laughs) I hope none of them are watching now. Stupid people, none of you, spend their money, how? That's not smart. The Bible's pretty graphic right there. That is not smart. It's called impulse buying. If you don't have a spending plan, you're going to go to the grocery store and leave with 10 things you didn't plan to buy and that you really don't need. And especially don't go to the grocery store hungry. Amen? Y'all go to Sam's, you come home with three of those baked chickens. It'll take you two weeks to eat those things. But they were just $4.88. Yeah, but you can't eat. You know, y'all with me out there. 
And then there's that one word none of us can resist. Sale. It's on sale. I know some of y'all think you're going to actually go to Belts one day and have that red dot thing and some coupons and you think you're going to buy something and they're going to owe you money. I know that's what you think is going to happen, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Sale, sale to try to get you to buy impulsively. Y'all listening to me out there? Everything around us, boys and girls, everything around us is designed to get us to buy on impulse. I'm telling you right now that marketers do not want you to think about the money you're about to spend. They want you to get emotional. They want you to feel a, a quiver in your liver, you know, when you see something and you say, I got to have that. They want you to buy with emotions, not based on a plan. It's already started. It's already started for Christmas. Y'all already seen Christmas stuff out? I mean, what's up with that? And, and this whole Christmas thing, advertisers and all the stores, uh, all Christmas is about is to get you to buy something you don't need. Get you to buy something you don't need. Some of y'all, don't you tell it if you do. Some of y'all going to buy those Chia Pets. You're going to buy them at Christmas. Everybody sing it with me. Good, good, good. Dumb stuff, man. That's a waste. And even nice stuff you can't afford. It's impulsive. See, they want you to see it. They want you to want it. And they want you to buy it. And they don't want you to think about it. When it comes to impulse buying, I've got to fess up. Uh, my place is Sam's. Impulse buying. I don't need 100 pounds of rice. But look at that price. Amen? I mean, I don't need a five-gallon bottle of shampoo, but look at the price per ounce. I don't need a barrel of jalapeno peppers. But look, they're so cheap when you buy them in bulk. Now, they're still in the back of the refrigerator, and they've turned purple, but what a deal. What a deal they were. They were an awesome deal. <laughs> We go around, you know, we show people what we got at Sam. Look what I saved. No, you didn't save, you spent. I mean, we go get something on sale. Maybe you got a good deal, but you didn't save anything. You spent money. You've never bought anything on sale and had more money than you did before you bought it. Every time you buy something, you got less money. Somebody's going, hey. Money that could have gone in the bank. But now it's sitting in a jalapeno jar. <laughs> the Bible says plan your spending. Have a budget. Look at Proverbs 21.5. Look what it says. It's in your notes. Good planning and hard work lead to what? Man, look what the Bible says. Look at what the Bible says. We act confused. If you're confused about how to handle money, you're just not reading your Bible. Is anybody who doesn't understand that right there? Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. But hasty shortcuts, that means that quick deal leads to what? Number seven. The Bible teaches that the seventh habit that Pharaoh Hardiston has to develop 
If Pharaoh Hardison wants to get his financial life in order, his Pharaoh's got to sit down and figure out a repayment plan to the people he owes so he can get out of debt. And you say, well, I pay my payments, man. I'm not behind on my payments. I, I make my payments. But see, if you'll add just a little bit of extra to your payment, do, do without, um, and I'm not picking on any businesses here, any companies, but you know, you don't have to have Starbucks. You don't. There's a lot of things you just don't have to have. I know some of you are sitting out there going, no, I, I have to have that. I, There's a lot of stuff, and here's where that's going to come out at. Where that's going to come out is when you are writing down what you're spending. See, that reveals, when you start writing down everything you spend, that reveals, I didn't have to have that. I didn't need that. Why'd I buy that? Why'd I buy that? I don't need that. And you can cut back on that and start paying that extra on your bill. Matter of fact, the one little uh, trick I like, and not everybody uses this, but it's one, take your smallest balance, Pay all your minimum payments on your other stuff, but the, your card or whatever it is you have the smallest balance on, or maybe the, uh, the highest interest rate, uh, either one of those, you can go with either one of those, and pay that off first. Focus on that. Pay that off first. And then, and then whatever that, I mean, before you even start, take that, take that uh, card and, uh, you know, put it in the shredder. And then pay that card off. Add a little bit to it every month and pay that card off. Then when you get that one paid off, pay off the next thing. It's going to take some time. Took some time to get you there. And it's going to take more time to get you. How many of you know you can get there a lot quicker than you can get out of there? How many of you know you can dig that pit a lot faster than you can crawl out of it? So we got to face that fact and let's start working on it. If you're in debt, you're not going to get out of debt automatically, and you're not going to get out of debt by accident. You need a plan to get out of debt, a scheduled repayment plan. Now, I've got good news for you. We have trained advisors here at the bridge, people who are trained, who can help you do this, and we're going to have more of them. Uh, so there's a waiting line right now. But, guys, if you'll look on your sheet that I gave you down at the bottom of the second page, there are two free services there. Somebody was really confused last Sunday. See where it says consumer credit counseling services? Well, how many of y'all know there's a, a business called consumer credit and they won't loan you money? Well, this isn't them. This is, a, this is an organization, and the office was here in Goldsboro for a little while, but it is in Kinston, so it's an easy call. They will sit down with you free of charge. And help you with this. So if you can't hook up with one of our advisors, we'll hook you up somewhere else. And then ChristianPF.com, uh, ChristianPersonalFinance.com, um, they have coaches that you can connect with on the phone that will help you on the phone. So listen, here's what I'm saying. We don't have enough advisors trained right now here at the bridge to help you, but you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait. If you, can't, if you can't hook up with one of our advisors right now while we're developing them and training them and getting them ready, then you call these places. See, you've got to come to a place where you go, I'm not going any further. I'm not doing it like I've been doing it anymore. I'm turning my financial life around. And you've got to take some action. It's not enough to hear these sermons and go, amen, amen, that's the truth. That's not going to help you. 
You've got to take some action. You've got to take some action. Uh, again, you didn't get in debt overnight. It may take years. It may take years. What if it takes four or five years? Well, that's better than in four or five years being in worse shape than you're in right now. And I know you've got to bite that bullet, you know. You've got to bite the bullet. And you've got you to deny yourself of some things. But you can be out of debt. You can do it. You can do it. As your pastor, if you're part of this church family and this flock, and if we're a life-giving church the way we say we are, then it's my goal for you and your family to experience financial freedom. This will not happen without some discipline and some tough choices. And as your pastor, I'm brokenhearted because I've been there. When I see the tension, and I see the tension that many of you are under because of finances, and that tension, will, listen, it'll take five years off your life. That financial tension will take five years off your life. It'll make most of your life miserable, and it'll cause more arguments in your home. So not, not only, here, here's the important thing, and, the, and, and if you don't get anything else I say today, get this. Not only does Pharaoh Hardison, your pastor, want you financially free, God, your maker, God, your creator wants you to be free. And he is saying to us in this sermon series, he's saying, I will partner with you, and I'll help you. See, that's where that supernatural kicks in. A lot of people can do all this budgeting stuff and, and they'll make some progress, but man, when you're doing all those good things, plus letting the supernatural power of God work in your life, it multiplies it. It makes it happen faster. And we serve a God who's not against us. We serve a God who's for us. And he wants you to be free. He wants you to be free financially. So next year, as a part of our discipleship strategy here at the bridge, we're going to be offering those classes. You know the book we talked about? I was broken, now I'm not. Y'all about cleaned out the house last week. That's great. But don't go home and put it up. Read it. Read it. And we're going to bring those folks in. I want to tell you how much we love you. Listen to this. To bring those folks in, they're going to do two trainings when they come in, the people who wrote that book. They're going to train those of you who want to be coaches and help other people. They're going to train you to be a financial coach, okay? And then they're also going to train anybody who's interested about your personal finances and how to get out. So we're going to do two separate trainings. You know what that's going to cost the church? It's going to cost seven dollars to $10,000. But you know what? The staff sat there and we said, guys... How can we look at our congregation every week and say, be generous, be generous, be generous? We're going to be generous to you. We're going to be generous to you. We, we don't only want to get up here and tell you to be generous. We want to be generous to you. So those classes are going to be offered to you absolutely free next year. So get ready for that. Get ready for that, okay? The only thing you have to buy are the little bit of materials that it takes to go through that class. All right? Amen, amen. Give the church a hand. We want to help you build a budget. We want to help you start some consistent savings. We want to help you set up a repayment plan. Because I'm convinced that when that happens, you'll be happier. You'll be healthier. And our church will be happier. And it'll be healthier when you're out of debt. Can you just imagine? You don't have to wait. Check out these resources and get started. Look at Proverbs 3.27. 
It says in Proverbs 3.27, don't withhold repayment of your debts. In other words, if you're in debt, you need to be paying on it, paying it down. Look at Romans 13.8. That one's in your notes. He says, let no debt remain outstanding. Now let me explain to you, and I'm closing right here because we're not really going to deal with the eighth habit today. We're going to kind of deal with it more next week, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it today. So we're kind of closing the sermon out right now. Now listen to me. What is an outstanding debt? What is that? What does it mean to have outstanding debt? If you have an amount on your credit card, I'm going to use this as an example, and all you're doing, uh, and you're not paying that credit card completely off every month, I mean, it's fine to have credit cards, but, but you want to get in a place where you can pay it off every month. You can get points, and you can get deals, and you get all kind of things. So I'm not against credit cards unless you let them keep piling up. And I've done that. I've done that. Thank God. Uh, God has helped me and Millie over time. It's, t- it's taken us about 10 years. But uh, we still use credit cards, but we're able now. It took a long time. We're able now to pay those off every month because we don't charge that much on them, but it, but it helps us you, when you get the points and the things like that. helps us in travel and stuff like that. So if you're not paying it off every month, and some of you are just paying that minimum payment, and here's what God is saying about that. That's an outstanding debt. And God says, that's not good. That's not good to have that. Outstanding debt means that the thing you bought with that credit card, it means you end up paying two times, three times, four times, five times over what it cost, what that thing cost on the shelf because you put it on that credit card and all you're doing is paying that minimum amount every month. So an outstanding debt is when you're not paying down on the principal or you're behind in your payments and you've, you've got to set up a, a repayment plan. Let me, let me give you an example. Some of y'all probably already know this. I'm sure some of you do. Some of you might not. Let's, let's say, uh, and write this down. I, w- I should have put it up on the screen, but just write this down in your notes. Let's say that you owe $200,000. Say you got a $200,000 house, okay? And let's say that you got a 6.5%, and I know some of you have way better than that. Some of you don't have that good. So we'll just use 6.5%. And 30 years, so you, got, you borrowed $200,000 at 6.5% for 30 years. That payment is $1,264 a month, all right? Now, if you just pay that payment for 30 years, here's how much interest you'll pay. The house was $200,000. Y'all hold on to your chair, because some of y'all about to get sick. You pay, here's what you pay in interest. 255,000. A house costs 200,000. You got the money at 6.5%, but over 30 years, you pay on top of the 200,000 for the cost of the house another $255,000 in interest. Amen. Now listen to this. So how much you really pay for the house is $455,088.98. Now listen to this. If you will add to your monthly payment just enough so that at the end of the year you've made one extra payment on your house. So let's say, let's say the payment is uh, 1264 
and uh, you want to pay an extra $1,264, then that's going to be about what? What's that? About 90 bucks a month extra. Something like that. I didn't, I didn't. It's how much? Sounds good. All right, listen. So that, oh yeah, that's an extra $105 a month. I did have it figured out. Smarter than I thought it was. So if you pay an extra $105 a month on your house, you will save $56,000 in interest. Do you hear what I just said? You say, well, well I, can't, I can't make that. Well, do you have a time in your life when maybe you get a bonus or you get something or you get tax refund? What if you took that tax refund or you took that bonus or you took some unexpected money and you went to the bank and went, I want to pay $1,264 on the principal, the amount I owed. If you did that every year, you would save $56,000 in interest. The cost of your loan would not be $455,000 anymore. It would be $399,000. You would pay your house off six years early. Six years early, 24 years, not 30. I mean, and then what if God blessed you and you were able to do a mortgage payment and a half or two mortgage payments a year? Every time you pay a little extra on that credit card bill, every time you pay a little extra on that house payment, on that mortgage payment, it, that's when you're eating away. That's that repayment plan. That's what counselors will help you with. Am I making any sense up here? So listen, don't just pay the minimum balance every month. Put just $5 and put a note in there in big block red letters. I want this to come off the principal. Because if you don't, some places will just add it to the interest, uh, interest payment. Tell them you want it to come off the principal amount that you borrowed in the beginning. Okay, this is the kind of stuff we want to help you with. So let's look at number eight. Planned spending is what we just talked about. Number eight. So the Bible teaches that the eighth habit, if, I, if Farrell Hardison's going to get his financial house in order, I got to commit it all to God. Now remember, got to commit it all to God. Remember that the first habit was, the first habit was that I have to realize it all comes from God. The last hab habit is I've got to commit everything he's put in my hands, everything he's blessed me, I've got to commit it right back to him. It came from him, and I've got to recognize that, and then I dedicate it all back to him for his glory and his honor. Y'all with me? So here's what you're saying when you do that. You're saying, God, my life, my time, my relationships, my money, my future, my job, my family, my marriage, it's all yours. I dedicate it back to you. And from now on, I'm going to stop doing my life my way because it isn't working. I'm going to start doing life your way. Look at Proverbs 16.3. It's a condition followed by a promise. It's a condition followed by a promise. In other words, God says, I'll do this if you'll do this. I'll do this if you'll do this. Look what it says. If you will commit your work to the Lord... Here comes the promise. God says, then your plans will. Does anybody don't understand that? Isn't that easy? I'm, I'm telling you, this is not rocket science stuff. But I'll tell you what it is. It's going to take some discipline. 
It's going to take some discipline. And I know you can do it. You know why I know you can do it? Because God's going to help you. And you're going to ask him to help you. So let's look at the eight habits real quick. Number one, I've got to remember God is my only source. I've got to make my money honestly. I've got to honor God first. I've got to save wisely. I've got to keep good records. I've got to plan how I spend my money. That's a budget. And then I commit everything back to God. So, has everybody got this? You got it? Awesome. Awesome. Good deal.